Blog Talk Radio. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. What's wrong with you? My first thought would be a lot. Contact Henry Show. Whatever he is, he destroys. Daniel Digger! Welcome to another exciting edition of the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. I'm your host, Ken Reedy. Check us out on Facebook, Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show or on Twitter. At the Ken Reedy Show, and as always, you can check us out on our website, thekenreedyshow.com. There's so much to talk about. We're going to get right into it. Got my tag team partner on the line right now, Dave. How you doing this evening? I'm um, I'm I'm doing great. Let's let's get into it. Yeah, we are excited right now because we're going to start right off the bat. We have legendary wrestling journalist Bill After is on the line with us. Let's get into well, it. Well, thank you, doing, you for that. Uh, I'm not that old though. <laughs> but you're still legendary. Well, as the Captain Lou used to say, legendary in my own mind, brother. But Ken Reedy, one of my favorite people, and Dave, it's just thrilled to be on here. And, th- and thank you so much for giving us uh, a little bit of time. Um, I- I'm curious. Well, thank, th- thank you for putting me on uh, on the Wrestling on Fire shows and interviewing uh, and introducing my uh, segment so uh, eloquently. Well, thank you. I, I agree. This is just a love fest to start off this show. This is this is good oh, stuff. Oh, cut it out! I'm a married man. <laughs> well, I you know I'm curious to you know I wanted to get your take on things. Uh, you know, and you posted a video on your website uh, in, in your reaction to Daniel Bryan. A lot of speculation on what direction they're going to go in with the title uh, coming off of the neck injury. Uh, you know, I know you posted the video, but I'd like to hear your take on the show. Uh, what are your thoughts on what they should do with the title going forward with Daniel Bryan? Well, it's all. It's, almost something I can't talk about right now only because uh, it probably has happened already because they're, they're taping in England and it's now like six hours later in England, so I don't want to say what I think should happen when whatever happened already happened. Um, but I'm hoping that they don't strip that young man of the title because he worked so hard to get that spot to where... Um, people had just with him, uh, wanting him to uh, uh, to get to the pinnacle of the company, and he finally did it, and then reveals, you know, that he has an injury. Um, man, I, I think they would just stink if they took the title from him. So I'm hoping they didn't do that. You know, you, you talk about him climbing the mountain, and it's been a while since we've gotten to speak, and I'm curious, you know, he finally got to the pinnacle of the, of the mountain at uh, WrestleMania 30, uh, what was your reaction coming out of uh, this year's WrestleMania? Well, of course, the big shock was um, the end of the streak. I mean, I, had, uh, I, I everybody kind of telegraphed, you know, that Daniel Bryan was going to get his his uh, his wish at that thing. But uh, going into WrestleMania, when people asked me about the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, I said, "Well, the streak will be ended eventually, but not by that guy." And it really shocked me. I have to tell you, even just today, I'm still like, Brock Lesnar? He, Brock Lesnar could end my streak. 
I mean, he could beat me up in 10 seconds, but I really didn't think that the Undertaker streak would be ended by him. And I'm not taking anything away from him, but it seems that in a lot of times he chokes in the big ones, not just in uh, pro wrestling, but in MMA as well. So, I mean, do you think it was the wrong choice for a guy like Lesnar to, to end the streak? Um, if it were me uh, making the decision as to who would end the Undertaker's streak, I don't... Interesting. Um, what do you think overall of WrestleMania? Oh, I liked it. I liked it. You know, I, I'm one of these people who it's very hard to... I don't criticize a lot of it. I've been in the business now uh, as a journalist and photographer and broadcaster for 45 years, and I love 90% of what I see. And the stuff I don't love, eh, big deal. Big deal. You know, it, I don't let it take it away from me. I'm a, uh, I enjoy what I've been doing for most of my lifetime. And, uh, yeah, I thought WrestleMania was good. I watched it on the network, actually, this year. It was really... Uh, um, I was at a, uh, um, a WrestleMania party uh, with uh, with several different wrestlers, and uh, it was it was absolutely terrific. And speaking speaking of that, you know, last we spoke, we're we're getting ready to hear the launching of the network. I, actually, by the way, I was I was I was hired to host a party with Tito Santana which is what I did, and it was wonderful. Anyway, I'm sorry, you were saying. That's okay. I'm, I'm just curious, you know, it's, you know, it's interesting because you say you, you're, you like most of what you see, and we actually on the show, we make it a point to really stay positive as often as, as possible and, and not pay attention to the well, negative. Well, you notice from... on OneWrestling.com, we post stories and stuff like that, but everything's in the positive vein because, you know, uh, so many people get on the Internet and all they do, they're negative, and why watch it? You know, if if you have a computer and a a, a, a blog, uh, it doesn't mean you're there to do negative stuff. Very few people, if you really read and look at all the wrestling sites, there's very few of them that are positive. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and speaking of something we've been very positive about here, and I'm curious, you know, now that you've gotten to get comfortable and really explore the network, and you're actually on the network a, a couple places, what are your thoughts on the WWE Network? Well, thank you very much. I'm on quite a few of the shows. Uh, two years ago, they brought me in to uh, appear on uh, some of the Monday Night Wars, which have not premiered yet, several WrestleMania Rewinds and uh, Countdowns, and uh, then they brought me back about six months ago to do some more, and uh, hopefully I'll be uh, brought back. They tell me I'm you know, getting a nice uh, reaction. Actually, what really gave me a buzz and I was like, wow, after all these years, you know, this felt very special, was when they launched the network and they had the very first WrestleMania Rewind, eight minutes into that show, I was on there talking about Vince McMahon. And I'm, I can't tell you how many hundreds and hundreds of uh, emails and IMs on Facebook I was getting, oh, my God, actors on it six minutes after it's launched. It was great. I felt so yeah. good. It that was, was incredible. Nice. That, that's awesome. What, do you, what are your thoughts as a whole, though, with the network so far? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I wish I had enough time in my day and my life with everything else that I do to sit there 24-7 and watch it. But I can't, so I've got to pick out what I want to watch. But for the people, uh, I think what I love is that the WWE was, and I hate to use the word ignore, but in a way they were ignoring the uh, the fans who are the fans of the legends who go back to 
the 70s and 80s and even the 90s too. They, you know, they, they like to keep current with their TV products. So here, all the old stuff. Yesterday, I was uh, browsing on there, and Phil Austin, a, a friend of mine from um, England, posted, oh, my God, look at this. There's after it's Spring Stampede 2000 or whatever it was. Okay. So I'm looking back. I'm, I'm seeing all these great matches, like with Sting and all these people. I'm going back further and seeing matches with Bruno San Martino and p- people picking me out at ringside shooting pictures there and seeing uh, a Mario Savoldi uh, as a referee in some of these things. So it's great. I love looking back. It's like, it's like, it's like a family album to me. And if you grew up watching pro wrestling, it's your family album. That's really what it is. Do you have any shows on there that are your favorites yet? Oh, I love Legends House. <laughs> okay. I love Legends House. Um, the uh, uh, I like the WrestleMania Rewinds a lot. I love the documentary type of shows more than anything else. I really do. The, the uh, anthology of uh, Chris Jericho and uh, Shawn Michaels I thought was incredible. And the Ultimate Warrior, uh, the special that they threw together in a couple of days on that, I mean, NBC couldn't have done it better. Yeah, I, I, that was impressive stuff. And they, they've, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have enough positive things to to say about the network. I mean, it's just been, it's been a wrestling fan's dream, and and it's been interesting. Like the past few months coming out of, I mean, so much has changed in the landscape of pro wrestling with uh, WrestleMania. And, and the network launching, and it seems like there's been a, a real changing of the guards in the WWE. A lot of young talent uh, really getting a, a share of the spotlight. I, I'm really curious for you as, as someone who's, who's been around the business for a long time and you've seen like some of the greats out there, especially I'm talking about greats on the microphone. What are, your, what are your thoughts and feelings on what Bray Wyatt has been bringing to the table as of late? Oh, he's incredible. You know, I look at him, and I, in my head, I think some of the Robert De Niro movies that I've watched. He's got like that, I don't know, that sick character sense in him. Uh, I love it. I think he's uh, absolutely uh, fantastic and, you know, uh, destined to become a, uh, a major superstar. You know, the superstars changed so much back in the 70s when I was a, a fan and brand new in business. Everybody was, you know, gigantic like Donnie O'Jonathan and Ken Patera and Bobby Duncan. These guys were huge. And then it, uh, you know, changed around to the Hulkamania days and then it went into the Attitude Era and now into the Reality Era. And it keeps changing. And... A lot of people say, why do you stay with it this long? It's because if you don't change with it, you're going to hate it. You really are. So if you like it, you know, the bottom line is the action still takes place in the ring. You can't change that. No matter what the window dressing is, it's still taking place in the ring. And so many of the guys today are such spectacular athletes in the ring. uh, How could you not enjoy it? Aside from Wyatt, is there any one guy, one young guy that you see superstar? Well, I've, I've been a fan of Dolph Ziggler since uh, day one. Uh, he reminds me of uh, uh, several people. The first time I saw him, he reminded me of uh, Buddy Roberts from the Freebirds, actually. Oh, but he's, yeah. got, he's, got a, he's got a little bit of everything going for him. He's good on the mic. He's good in the ring. Um, yeah, I, he's, he's one of my, uh, uh, my top prospects to become uh, magnificent. All right. Well, you know, I know you said you had, had uh, you know, you gave us like ten, 10 minutes or so. Um, 
Thank you for being on. Before we let you go, is there anything uh, you got going on that you'd like to promote? Let people know. Oh, about? Lots, lots of things. Of course, please follow me on Twitter at After One Wrestling. That's the number one, not the word. After One Wrestling. Uh, every day you'll find me on OneWrestling.com. Again, that's the number one. And you can go see all the videos that we do at uh, OneWrestlingVideo.com. Uh, I will be at uh, Legends of the Ring, uh, just going around doing interviews for OneWrestling.com on June 7th. Uh, if you go to LegendsOfTheRing.com, you can uh, check that out. And I'm on Facebook. I'm all over the place. Wonderful Willie is still styling and profiling, if you will. <laughs> Bill, thank, thank you so much for giving us some time, and uh, we'd love to have you back on and talk My real pleasure, soon. and I love your show, and I'll see you guys at the matches. Bye-bye. Take care. And there Thanks, you have Bill. it, the one and only legendary Bill Apter giving us some time there. Uh, you know, interesting stuff, Dave, is he, uh, you know, he stands on, I guess the biggest story right now in wrestling is the, the Daniel Bryan and what to do with the title, and Bill Apter seems stand standing firmly on the side of do not strip him from the uh, strip him of the belt. Yeah, I mean it, that's what that's one person's opinion. I kind of go back and forth with it. It all depends on you know how long he's going to be out. Um, how how long is this neck injury and the recovery time going to take him away from entering action and being on television? Uh, you know. When you and I watched when we were much younger, wrestling was obviously a lot different. When I watched on Saturday morning, you maybe had one main event match between two superstars and a couple of matches with a superstar and an enhancement talent, and you might see your world champion on the TV screen. You might have seen Hulk Hogan or whoever was the world champion at that time um, on, your, on your television shows. So I go back and I think, well, you know, when I was a kid, world champion was not every week. And he certainly didn't defend the title every week. He certainly didn't defend it every 30 days because there was no pay-per-views um, every 30 days. But um, wrestling's a lot different nowadays, obviously. Um, and you could, if he's going to be gone an extended period, two to three months, then maybe you should strip him of the title. Um, I mean, I, I've got a bunch of scenarios going in my head. I can start spitballing, but I kind of go back and forth with it. Um, it all, you gotta get, all the facts got to be out there in order for me, at least personally, to determine what they should do with the championship or not. Yeah, I mean, it, there's so many variables. It, it's interesting because I, I, I kind of lean towards, uh, for me, I, I lean towards stripping him of the belt. Uh, you know, I agree with you. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, he finally reached the pinnacle, and, and I totally, I'm right there with uh, what Bill Lester said. You know, he reached the pinnacle, and now you want to see him run with it. Um it's interesting. There's a few. There's a few things that when I say that I probably lean towards stripping them. I, I guess it's. I'm saying lean towards, but it 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 might be like you know a sixty percent leaning towards stripping and forty percent see what they can do to him keep it. So it's not like I'm a hundred percent on the the stripping them of the belt. But there's a couple things. The first thing it would be business wise, and, and not to you know, coin the phrase, but what's best for business? And I'm talking what's best for business, realistically speaking. It's neck surgery. It's, you know, they could have a timetable. That can change. Injuries, you know, you expect them to heal one way. They don't heal. Um, 
you know, Daniel Bryan. I mean, I have a friend, honestly, that just had back surgery. She's in PT, and they're telling her, well, you could go back to work in a month, or if PT doesn't go 100% right, you may need a more intensive surgery, which will keep you out for a few months. So there's always that risk of, all right, you know, they say, like, Daniel Bryan should be back in two months, and then all of a sudden he has a setback, and then the WWE is scrambling creatively on what do you do at that point. Um, that, that's the first thing that I think of. The second thing is, and we kind of discussed it, Dave, that the, the storyline with Kane, it's a little stale. Um, I don't want to say it's awful. It just hasn't really resonated with me. And you stripped it. Like, number one, Storyline-wise, it 100% works, and if this was real life, um, the authority would strip him. I mean, they just would. They have the opportunity to take the, the guy they didn't want with the belt. They have an opportunity to take the belt with them. It makes sense storyline. It also makes sense because uh, the week prior, Stephanie said, if you don't go out there and face Del Rio, I'm going to be forced to strip you of the belt. So that one match with Del Rio, he could have been stripped, but now – a couple of months on the shelf, he's not stripped. It doesn't make total sense in the context of the storyline. So I think it, it would it would make sense as far as the authority. That's what the authority would do. They would strip him. Furthermore, Daniel Bryan's the ultimate underdog. Coming back from the surgery, coming back to reclaim what he feels and 99.9% of the fans feel is rightfully his, the story kind of writes itself. It's unfortunate this guy had to have neck surgery. But you know what? People love rooting for the underdog. And, and you know, it was unfortunate, but it puts Daniel Bryan right back in that underdog status. Now he's got to fight, fight back from neck surgery. I, I just think it, it kind of opens itself up to some really good storytelling. So, I, to me, I would, I would lean towards stripping him of the title um, what they do remains to be seen. But uh, it's interesting, Dave, you know, there's so many different directions they could go if this title is all of a sudden vacant. Yeah, and one direction that, that I've kind of leaned towards as as you have spoken and I've thought about it and as we talked about in our pre-show meeting was actually stripping him of the title. There have been rumors that he comes back the earliest money in the money. bank, summer, summer, summer. Somewhere in, that, somewhere in that ballpark, but not necessarily wrestling in the ring. That's when he could be able to return to TV. Um, uh, and it just so happens that between, you know, middle of August, early September is when most, the majority of the six-month subscription renewals take place um, for the um, WWE Network. And there's plans that they want to beef up the Night of Champions pay-per-view uh, there's been talk of having Brock Lesnar work SummerSlam and Night of Champions and work a two-match program with, a, with, a, with an individual. It's been rumored Daniel Bryan was going to be that guy. But what if they were to hype the return of Daniel Bryan at Night of Champions? Furthermore, Furthermore what if what they if decided to not have not a champion right now and perform a 32-man open tournament to determine a new WWE World Heavyweight Champion? You would have... All these guys over the course of television, over the course of, you know, the, the shows on the network, like main event or NXT, pay-per-views, everything culminates, the finals culminate in SummerSlam, okay? okay. And here's the other 
You have Brock Lesnar conquered the streak at WrestleMania, defeating The Undertaker. Paul Heyman could say, my client deserves to be the champion. He doesn't need to wrestle in this tournament. He conquered the streak. And Triple H, being the heel authority figure that he is, could say, you know what? You're right. That's best for business. The guy who conquered the streak should get a title shot. He'll be in the finals of the tournament at SummerSlam, and then all 32 guys have to fight to see who faces Lesnar at SummerSlam. Then you can win Daniel Bryan returning to face the winner of that tournament at Night's Champion. Daniel Bryan has always been seen as a B-plus player by Triple H, but if Triple H lets 32 guys, and a lot of those guys are definitely B-plus or under, enter this tournament, then Daniel Bryan and Triple H, the beast. The beef continues, and the longevity in that storyline and in the feud of the authority versus Daniel Bryan continues. There's, there's multiple ways you can go with it. I think that's something that would pique my interest and intrigue me, and they have, and certainly have enough talent that they could have one central storyline for the entire company, the championship. Everybody in the company is practically eligible for the championship. I mean, like I said, you could drag it out on TV, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Superstars, main event on the network, you know, the, 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 the pay-per-views, Money in the Bank, Battleground, uh, you know, payback coming up. You could drag this whole thing out all the way till August. They've been wanting to beef SummerSlam up as the second biggest pay-per-view of the year, as the summer's version of WrestleMania. Here's the opportunity to build it towards Lesnar versus the, cha- versus the guy, and the winner is the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the direction that they can go in, it just, it, it opens itself up. I mean, putting it, like you said, beefing up SummerSlam, and it also beefs up the network. I mean, you can have these, you know, qualifying matches on, on different shows. Maybe you give an NXT guy a shot to get in the tourney. So on NXT, there's a qualifying matchups to get, you know, a, a spot in the tournament. Uh, it gives you an idea of, you know, putting some guys that have uh, – uh, you know, may, perhaps future stars, you know, in this tournament to see how they handle uh, kind of moving into that uh, title picture, you know, uh, like after, you know, I, I, Ziggler winning a few matches in the tournament. Let's see how the crowd reacts to that. Uh, a Cesaro, a Roman Reigns, you know, maybe someone like reveals himself and kind of busts out and show, you know, turns some heads in the tournament. Uh, you know, I really like the idea, Dave, that you had of, of having a tournament and just having it uh, spawned out everywhere across the, the landscape of the WWE. It just it makes most sense. And the thing is, Dave, what you, you said it a, a couple times, you know, and that's why storyline-wise, to me, it just makes sense to strip them of the belt. Like, they just said over and over again, B-plus player, B-plus player, B-plus player. Easy for me to say. Um you know, it's the the authority has the opportunity now to get the belt off of this B plus player. It just storyline wise, it makes absolutely no sense. The authority, the presently constituted, would never say, "All right, he's not going to give it up. We're just going to, you know, we're we're going to let him sit on the shelf for a couple months and just hang on to the belt until he's ready to come back." They, they wouldn't do that. Now, the only way the storyline would make sense if he keeps the belt is if we add, if somehow there's another, quote-unquote, authority member that comes in and says, you know, special dispensation is going to be the title. Do we see uh, Vince McMahon come back and kind of defy 
his daughter and his son-in-law, and maybe they attempt to strip him of the title, and Vince says, no, he's going to be able to keep the title. To me, David, I don't know your thoughts, it makes no sense for the characters, the authority, to allow Daniel Bryan to hold on to the belt. Yeah, I mean, they've been trying it. They tried every which way for eight months on the march to WrestleMania to make sure he didn't go near the title picture, and then he was in the title picture, and they tried every every way they possibly could to make sure that he didn't beat Triple H to get to the title match, and they even tried during the title match with the crooked referee. They tried everything in the book, character-wise. Their characters tried to hold down the Daniel Bryan character. Now you have an open opportunity to strip him of a championship because of an injury because he can't defend it every 30 days. Why, why wouldn't you? I mean, why, would, why wouldn't you strip him of the title? Um, I, I, I don't see... It would, it would come off really, really stupid. I'll, I'll, I'll go on record as saying that. Really, really stupid if they were to somehow let him keep the title and he's not you know, wrestling for an extended period of time. I mean, if you remember, last year or a couple years ago, Punk was hurt and had a knee injury. He was out for a month. A month. But they still kept the title on him. And he was going to TV every week on crutches. You know, this is a neck injury. It's a little bit different. How are you going to keep Daniel Bryan interesting, you know, for for two months, if maybe even three, if that's depending on how long he's going to be out, and have him still hold the championship on TV every week? How can you make that character interesting? I mean, most of his character is based on his wrestling ability and the yes chant. You're going to have him come out on TV every week just chant yes? That joke's going to get old pretty quick, in my opinion. I love watching Daniel Bryan. So I think, personally, the smart move would be to strip him of the title, set up a tournament that lasts a few months, culminated at SummerSlam, and then have Brian return to beef up Night of Champions to face the winner of the tournament, most likely being Brock Lesnar. And, you could, and then, hell, you could, that, then you could set up possibly next year's WrestleMania with, with spawning off of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's just, a, it, you know, and I, as I continue to think about it, and, you know, maybe it, they, they could have made it work, um, <clears throat> If it wasn't to be addressed tonight, I mean, you know, and we're not going to get into spoilers, but, you know, it's supposed to be addressed tonight. I know Raw is being uh, is on earlier because they're in England. Um, but, you know, they made the point to say they're going to address the title situation and all the speculation. Um, so character wise, like I said, unless you unless a Vince McMahon comes in and says, no, he can keep the belt. I, I just don't understand how the authority would ever let this guy hold on to the title. Just storytelling-wise, it makes zero sense to me for him to continue holding that, that belt. And, and, you know, and maybe, you know, there's certain things that, you know, maybe we analyze a little too much, but hell, that's what we do here. And like I said earlier, that, that one line, and, and you know, it, it happened – and they probably didn't know at that point that Daniel Bryant was injured, but it's still like it, it sticks with me that one line a couple weeks ago when, when Stephanie said, if you don't go down to the ring, I'm going to be forced to strip you of the, the title. And since they, they've opened that can of worms, to me, the consistency in the storytelling, you've got to strip them. Now, this is, you know, Dave and I, we're, we're both Daniel Bryant fans. You know, it, it's not like we're happy uh, that that this has happened, and w- it's just like in the context of good storytelling, 
to me, that it's a no-brainer. He has to be stripped. Um, and, and you hit it, Dave, and we kind of, you know, we speculated on, again, you know, we're, we're assuming a, a timetable. And that's the one thing, as I said earlier, you know, you never know with a neck injury. And if let's just say for argument's sake, they, they do not strip him of the title. They decide, well, he can, he can stay on. And they get to, whatever, they get to Night of Champions or right before Night of Champions. And all of a sudden, Daniel Bryan is a major setback. And doctors say, you know, you, you at least two or three months more. You know, then what happens? You know, and I'm hoping he does. I mean, I hope Daniel Bryan is, you know, miracle healer and he's back next week. Um, but what happens then? You know, at that point, then they say, oh, by the way, now we're stripping him. Uh, you know, or does he want to hang out for four months holding the title without, you know what I mean? It just it can get really convoluted. And I just think, you know, the way the story has gone, the way they've told the story, the way the authority has evolved over time, there's absolutely zero chance that Stephanie and Triple H would allow Daniel Bryan to hold the title with that, that you know, rule in place that the champion's supposed to defend the title every 30 days. It's an interesting conundrum. I, I think there are a lot of people out there that are Daniel Bryan fans that are probably in outrage. You know, they, they, they just need their guy to hold on to the title. But, you know, take a step back from your fandom bias and look at it as far as storytelling. I think the storytelling makes sense if you were to be stripped of the title. But we want to know what you guys think. Uh, this is something, you know, as Bill After said, climb the mountain. Finally got to the top. Wrestling fans across the country excited that their guy, their guy, finally wins the title. What a setback. And, and oh, my God, you know, all sympathies. I mean, we're speculating on storyline. All sympathies and thoughts and everything out to Daniel Bryan. I mean, the pinnacle of, of his professional life. And since he won the title, you know, horrible it's his father passes away, and you know now he has to go down with neck surgery. It's just has not been uh, smooth sailing for Daniel Bryan since he won the title. All the best to him. Hope he heals up real soon. But we want to know what you guys think out there. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Should Daniel Bryan be? Should he not be? Should there be a tournament? How should they move forward over the course of these summer months? Leading into the WrestleMania of the summer, SummerSlam, you know, it's time to at least start mentioning SummerSlam. What do you think the WWE should do? We're going to get right to your calls after the break. Again, 347-838-9815. We got a lot of you on hold. We're going to get right to you. But now it is time for the Day 5 50 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Day 5 News Report. Only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night right here on the Ken Reedy Show. Our first story this week, top story. According to PWInsider.com, the WWE has signed New Japan Pro Wrestling superstar Prince Devitt to a developmental contract. Devitt has been on WWE's radar for quite some time, as recently William Regal showed showed Triple H a videotape of current NXT champ Adrian Neville working a match with Devitt, which led to Neville being signed. And not long after that, Devitt and WWE have been working on a deal to bring him to the organization. Now, once his work visa goes through, Devitt is rumored to report to Orlando and the WWE Performance Center, which 
could take place in the middle of this summer. Speaking of new signees, multiple wrestling media outlets have reported that Japanese pro wrestler Kenta could be leaving, would be leaving, excuse me, pro wrestling Noah to join the WWE. A confirmation on a contract has not been reported at this time. However, Tokyo Sports reports that Kenta would be joining WWE later this summer. Those rumors all come from a recent tryout Kenta had at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida earlier this year. Kenta's final Pro Wrestling Noah appearance took place this past Saturday night, and it's been said that the show was sold out about 10 days in advance because of the speculation. Kenta did speak publicly today, stating he could not discuss anything regarding his career at this time. But when the time is right, there will be a public address taking place. Excuse me. In more unflattering news for TNA, because it seems we can't find anything positive to write about these guys, TNA is being replaced by Ring of Honor at the Brooklyn Cyclones annual wrestling event at MCU Field in Brooklyn, New York. I believe, Ken, you've been to a couple of those baseball events. Yeah, I was at, I was at one of TNA's baseball events. It was pretty cool. Yeah, well, TNA ain't going to do it no more. This year's event takes place on August the 15th. In recent years, TNA had drawn a packed house and broke a new TNA attendance record in the year 2010 with just under 5,500 fans. A card or talent have not been announced for the special event on the 15th of August at this time. And the hits just keep on coming for TNA, as the company has no more dates scheduled for Universal Studios until October, which means the company will be filming Impact on the Road in various locations, which can be rather expensive. It's said that a large number of TNA talents have recently contacted Ring of Honor and Global Force Wrestling CEO and founder Jeff Jarrett for possible work due to the nervousness that grows stronger each week without an announcement of a new television deal. And our final story this week, a feel-good story for all of us here at the Ken Reedy Show. Former WWE superstar and Ken Reedy Show personal favorite, Mr. Livin' the Now himself, Harry David Hart Smith, put his grappling skills to good use this past week in Amsterdam. As Smith witnessed a man steal a woman's purse, and while three security guards were having a hard time with the man, Smith jumped in and put the guy in a choke to take him down. The man was then arrested on the scene, and the woman's purse was returned back to her. And there you have it, folks. That was the Day 5 News Report, only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. That, that's that's an awesome story with uh, Bulldog's kid uh, taking on. So it's like it's all I, I I just every time like we we mention him, the image in my head is just all of us. Uh, and I'll, I'm I'm using air quotes right now, singing uh, JBL's theme song. Uh, it's just that's that's a cool story. That that began my streak of losing my voice during WrestleMania weekend that evening. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. And then the cool thing about hanging out with him that night and, and singing is the fact that the, a year later we ran into him and he's like, I know you guys. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, out. I don't, I don't know if that was a good thing, but <laughs> he, did, he, he, like, he did remember. He, he spotted us out and did remember us. Yeah, he looked at us. He said, I remember you guys. And he started like walking backwards. <laughs> 
No, please, no, no more. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number. We're talking Daniel Bryan. Strip or not to strip? That is the question. Do you take the title off of Daniel Bryan? If, you know, we want to hear it. You know, you guys bring us some good phone calls. We want to know how would you book this? What should the WWE do going forward, knowing that Daniel Bryan is on the shelf for at least a month or two? We're going to go right out to the phones. We've got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Hey. How you doing? How you doing? Doing all right. How are you? What do you got? I'm good. Well, yeah, let's, let's get away from WWE for a bit, because this past Saturday, I was at Ring of Honor's War of the Worlds at the Hammerstein Ballroom, and my God, that was one of the greatest shows I've ever been to. Really? Is that good? Uh, it, was gr- it was great. And, you know, I mean, I was in the balcony, and, the, you know, the seats were, you know, so-so, you know, the seats were, you know, they weren't that bad, but there was a lot of great action, you know, I mean, you had AJ, AJ Styles there. Uh, you know, he was in the main event against Okada and Michael Elgin for the IWGP title. And he, and you know, he, he kept the belt in a great, great, great match. Uh, the Young Bucks were in a egg title match against, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Red Dragon in Colorado. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of those guys. Yeah, so it was a good match. It was tremendous. I mean, the Young Bucks are like, the Young Bucks are awesome. Those guys really like, they like, the stuff they the do stuff in that ring is, is just freaking amazing. And, then, you know, they, you know they, uh, a lot of near falls, you know, all, they did all the balls finishes and stuff, you know, a lot of, you know, he had, you know, he had a big legal title match. Uh, he's actually the Yarwick Young champion. He was, he was on, uh, on, you know, he, he had a really good match with another Japanese talent by the name of Shida. Shida. Um, uh, and I actually, got, I, I actually got to meet Jay Lethal because they were signing, you know, they were doing the meet meet for the show. So I actually met him and, uh, and uh, I actually got my picks taken with him, AJ Styles, and Adam Cole, who was the Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. So and, uh, Adam Cole had a pretty good match against Liger too. So you know, so and uh, Cole, uh, yeah, yeah, Cole beat him. What would you say, what would you say was, was the What would you say was the match of the night? Ooh man, this is this is really one of those shows where it's like really tough to pick a best match. You know, it's like uh, the uh, the main event, the, t- the three way for the title was great. The, the Young Bucks match was 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 amazing. Yeah, I, I'd probably you know, like you know, like go with those two. And there were a lot of other you know, good matches on there too. The Briscoes fought Doc and uh, Carl Anderson, the IWGP Tag Champions. Uh, uh, there's a stable you know, led by AJ Styles right now along with him. Carl Anderson, Carl Doc, and the Doc, Young Bucks, they call it the Bullet Club, where they, they do like a, it's like, if they do like an NWO symbol and some, and some DX stuff, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a new Japan stable, you know, they're the heels, but my God, the fans, the fans would cheer for them, they're crazy, and, you know, it was, I like it, I like it. It was a great, it was a great show. It was, it was just awesome, you know, it's like, I don't know if you can, you can find it online, it's, it's available on uh, Ustream or somewhere, it's definitely worth going out of your way to see. Cool, yeah, I, that's, I, I'll definitely check it out. You know, I I, I, I couldn't make it. I, I thought about actually going to this show, but uh, sounds like it was good. You know, and you brought up, the, I mean, the Young Bucks are the, one of those tag teams that, you know, just about any show you go and see those guys live. Uh, they're they're potentially. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen the Young Bucks live where, if they weren't the top match, they were like the second best match. I mean, those guys are just unbelievable, and they always put on a a stellar match, and and it's they just keep you know, changing it up and, and unique offensive styles. So very cool, like Tony. Thanks for giving us a little ROH update. And 
as we go back to a little bit of the WWE and the, the big story, uh, Daniel Bryan uh, with the neck surgery. And I know you're a big Daniel Bryan fan. Um, what are your thoughts on, on how they should move forward? Uh, let's assume that Daniel Bryan is out for, say, two months. Uh, what are your thoughts on how they should move forward? Well, before we get to that, I, I read the spoilers, so I know what's going to happen on Raw later. Oh, don't don't spoil it. Let's let's give 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 us your opinion. Well, I don't know. It's kind of not the, really definite of what they're going what they're going to do based on the spoilers I'm reading you know, looking at here. But if it, you know I, if he's going to be out for like th- th- two or two um, possibly three or four months, I mean you know I, I could see them stripping him of the title. And actually, in fact, Dave, I don't know. Uh, were you sitting behind my, uh, us on the train because my friend came up with the exact same scenario you did? <laughs> wait, wait, I, well, I wasn't in New York this past weekend. I, I heard that Ring of Honor was a great show. I'll have to check it out. But um, exact same scenario: Lesnar involved, everything, culminating the, the, United no, champion. The, uh, the the well, the whole thing with the tournament that you were talking about, having everybody on the uh, you know, like on, on, he was saying that, like everybody on the roster in a tournament that could go for go for really like. A, for months on end, you could have it. You know, it was the same idea. You know, you could have a Raw SmackDown and pay-per-views and whatever. And it was, it, it was, it was the exact same idea. So <laughs> I thought maybe you were on the train and overheard. Uh, now, uh, what are your well, thoughts? Are, what are your thoughts that idea? Do you, do you like I, the idea actually, of the tournament, Tony? I actually do like the idea. You know, I've, I've, I've always been like, I always like tournaments. You know, I mean, like the one at WrestleMania four. I was the, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed that one. You know, it's like if, if, if they do that, I really, I was like, I really do hope that they go with a, with a tournament. You know, and that that culminates at, you know, maybe at SummerSlam. You know, and that you know you can have a number of guys in it. And I think, you know, I mean, as to who they put the belt on, I don't know, but you know, I, I really think that would be a good idea if they did that. Yeah. You know, yeah, even you know, like you say, even like tickets, a few like NXT guys, like a Sami Zayn, you know, well, both houses are down his way up to the main roster, so he'll, you know, I mean, you throw him in there, you know, just you know, like you, you know, just like pretty much throw everyone you got on there, and you know, so like have a few, like you know, just like have, yeah, and and do the same, you know, it's like have it go on for the next like three, you know, like three months or whatever, have it end at you know, like have the finals of SummerSlam, and uh, yeah, and, you know. Whatever you know, like if Daniel Bryan, you know, I don't know, you know, even like if Daniel Bryan is healed up by you know, like say like you know, SummerSlam or Night of Cha- like Night of Champions, you can have the, um, you can have him challenge whoever wins at Night of Champions, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, like that. It's just it that you know, with a guy like Daniel Bryan and this sort of injury, I mean, even if there is a timetable, there's you know, there's always the chance of of that timetable. Uh, Changing. I'm curious. Uh, you know, what, what did you think of Raw last week? Oh my God, I don't even remember what happened. <laughs> That's uh, you're killing me. I don't even remember what. I don't even remember what. I don't, oh my God, I can't. I forget what happened on the show totally. <laughs> That's how memorable it was. That's how forgettable it was. Well, I guess that's not that's not a good sign. But, yeah, I guess the big thing last week was Daniel Bryan revealing he had the neck injury, and then uh, Kane dragging his lifeless carcass out later on in the show. Oh yeah, that. Oh God. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> what I saw in New York was way better. All right. Well, I guess we'll see. Like tonight, does does Monday Night Raw live up to it? Uh, Tony? Not impressed with uh, Raw last week, but uh, we'll see how they address things uh, over the next week, or you know, tonight, or going forward for the next two weeks. Uh, 
Tony, actually, you know, a good time as any to make the announcement because I, I kind of brain farted on this in the beginning of the show. But next week, Memorial Day, happy Memorial Day. We'll be uh, taking off next week. So, Tony, speak to you in two weeks. Have a great Memorial Day, and we'll talk to you soon. All righty. And, Dave, happy birthday to your mom. Oh, thank you, Tony. It's very kind of you. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. Take care, Tony. And there you have it. I guess Tony, uh, Tony's trying to switch gears on us and going uh, – ROH uh, sounds like a great show, looked like a, a great card, so uh, enjoyed himself in Manhattan. Um, but uh, he's a big fan of your tournament idea, Dave. I, I love it. I'm, I, you know what, Tony, your friend's a smart smart guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you know something, too? Here's the other thing about this that just kind of dawned on me with this whole Daniel Bryan situation. This is very reminiscent early stages of when – when Steve Austin broke his neck when Owen Hart performed the Tombstone Piledriver, Austin was the champion for a little over a month, and they still hadn't figured out what they wanted to do with him yet and what they wanted to do with the title situation. It took them a little longer, but I could see this really spawning off to to not necessarily be a Daniel Bryan Triple H thing, but more of a Daniel Bryan Stephanie McMahon thing, kind of like what started with Austin and McMahon after he had broken his neck. This seems very eerily similar, that they, they're still not sure what they're going to do, so they're going to keep the title on him. And I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different I, – I, I think it's – I think the tournament idea – and it's something different and fresh, too. That's the thing. It gives, like you said, Ken, earlier, it gives some guys some opportunity to step up and show that they're – you know, that they could possibly have a position in the main event someday and some of the future talent. And it just makes – it just changes the whole overall scene as opposed to these two are working this program here and this guy's over here and that guy's over there, whereas, like, for three months you could have everybody focused on one thing, and that's being a champion. I just think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, and you could just you can use other programs and kind of work them in. I mean, I, more and more it's, I'm kind of hoping, like, and it's funny because now my percentages are changing because now I, I'm kind of finding myself, I want, it, I want them to strip them of the title. I want to see this, this tournament and how it could unfold. I think it, it did uh, – Opens itself up to a lot of really interesting storylines. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. What do you guys think? We're going back out of the phones. We got Mike on the line. Mike, how you doing tonight? Hey guys, how's it going? Doing all right. What are your thoughts? Daniel Bryan injured. Uh, you know, how does WWE move forward from this? Well, you know, the the way they should move forward from it is is to have a tournament. Because that was that's the only way it would make sense to me. That's that's what I'm thinking. There. I don't I don't you know. I mean I can see possibilities of um, them somehow well Kane somehow getting his hands on the championship belt and saying that it's his belt now and if Daniel Bryan wants it back he's got to come to hell to get it. Um, I could I mean I could see them doing that personally, but who knows? I mean, having a tournament, though, makes a lot of sense. It it, it, it makes sense because it, it could also, I don't know, it could also make stars out of it, too. Yeah, I think that's the, the biggest thing with, with the tournament, uh, you know, as we just kind of said, that, you know, you can make stars or at least test stars. You know, if you have a Roman Reigns that you're looking at as down the road being a main eventer, well, having him in this tournament, well, let's see how he does. Let's see how he does on his own without the Shield going for the WWE title. Now, I don't think he wins now. I don't think he's ready. 
but just to see how he does, it would be a good testing ground for guys like that. What was that, Mike? Sorry, I didn't get that. No, go ahead, um, go ahead, Ken. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, I just I think that it's it's a perfect venue to start to it, at least test some guys, and, and you know what? Maybe some guys you're not thinking are, are main event type players. Maybe they step up in the tournament. Maybe the crowd really gets behind a star that you didn't really think they would. I just you know. I think it, it kind of, with Daniel Bryant on the shelf and still holding the title, it kind of leaves a lot of things in limbo. Whereas, to me, this is a, a, the tournament idea gives, uh, gives, gives you something to look forward to all summer. And on top of that, you're looking forward to Daniel Bryant's return. So I just, more and more as we talk tonight, I think stripping him of the belt actually makes sense. It remains to be seen if, if they go in that direction. But, uh, you know, it's 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 a shame, Mike, that you know Daniel Bryan being so good that he that this happens at this time. You know, it it does happen to a lot of wrestlers, like I said, like Dave brought up before the Owen Hart situation. Man, I remember like that was that was yesterday, and every book and everybody criticized what was Owen thinking about doing a tombstone. That's Undertaker's move. Why why would he why would he do that? But then, you know, then, then the whole thing with the, you know, everybody loves you, Austin. You know, everybody, don't you get it? And then the stunner heard around the world. McMahon's eyes rolled in the back of his head. I can remember, like I said, it was yesterday. And then you flash back to when I said earlier about making tournaments, making people. Look at what the tournament, in, in, if everybody remembers, is the Survivor Series um, when they had the tournament. The Rock came out of that, and The Rock came out of the mo- He was the most hated wrestler. They booed him, booed him, booed him, and, and look what that did for The Rock. And a lot of people go, oh, Deadly Games was such a bad pay-per-view and this and that. Hey, we saw the we we saw the we saw McMahon's tough. I mean McMahon, sorry. We saw Mankind's toughest opponent ever, Dwayne Gill. And then he came back, and then they finally repackaged him as Gilbert. And I and I and I thought that was that was kind of um, that was kind of interesting and and funny at the same at the same time. But um, that's what I, I think. And then a lot of people go, "Oh, WrestleMania four, you know, was one of the worst WrestleManias because it was a a tournament in, in, in this and that." Look at no, what that did. I disagree. Yeah, I, I, I disagree too. I loved I loved the tournament. And not only that, but they had the tournament. They had the Intercontinental Championship match. They had the tag team championship match. They got a lot they got a lot you got a lot out of that. And also you had continuous feuds in these tournaments. You had Ravish Rick Rude, Jake the Snake, you had Ted DiBiase, the Nate Dollar Man, which is my next point. Macho Man Randy Savage wrestled four matches. One night, yes, Hogan helped him. The beginning of the Mega Power is correct, but Macho dropped the elbow. The best, the best I've ever seen. It's it, one of the best times of 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 my my life. At that moment, when Macho won the championship, Hogan came down. I, you know, and it was like, wow, you know, Hogan's not the champion, but you know what? We have Macho, and we'll see what happens with with Macho. But these tournament ideas. I think they're great. Just like, you know what, bring back, I, I like the King of the Rings. 
you know. And, of course, somebody's going to get double counted out in these tournaments. We all know that. But it's what we, it's what we like. I like. I, I like the tournament idea. Yeah, I um, always love the tournament because it just it gives it gives things a direction, and it's and it's an easy way to to give things direction. I mean, you can just you know two people that maybe you just want to see how they perform together. You know, yeah. normally you got to write a, a storyline, a program, figure out how we, how these two are going to match up. <laughs> you know, you put together a tournament. You can just put these two guys together in the ring. And then it could spawn off, you know, something else. I mean, you could create a pro. Like you said, Mike, you know, you have a tournament. You could have a double count out. I mean, have something yeah. where, you know, Cesaro versus Ziggler in the tournament, and their match winds up in a double count out or something. Now, all of a sudden, what those. If, what if they have Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins, or Seth Rollins versus um, Roman Reigns, or, or, or vice versa? What if we get those? I mean, that would be. Or Bray Wyatt versus. Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns, or Bray, you know, or one of those guys. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, the hinted. Uh, you know, the shield is so strong. And, and you know, there was hints of the breakup, and then they kind of backed off. You know, a tournament, it's an excellent point, Mike, and I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. A, a tournament, if by, you know, just by chance, two S.H.I.E.L.D. members go against each other, you know, that could, again, rekindle, you know, some cracks in the armor with the S.H.I.E.L.D. If you have, you know, all of a sudden in, in the tournament, you know, it's Ambrose versus Rollins, and, you know, Ambrose does something maybe a little underhanded to, to pin Rollins, well, now you can kind of re- revisit the Shield having issues. And it's, again, like the tournament kind of gives you that platform that it's not forced. You know, it's just by chance. That's what happens in tournaments. And those two guys come in. So you're right, either that or the Wyatts, if they're, they're looking for a vehicle to potentially start that, you know, breakup, just by happen chance, you know, two guys in the same faction matching up in the tournament would totally make sense. What do you think, Dave? I think, I mean, yeah, stuff like that would be great to add to the tournament. Uh, like I said earlier, you would have different storylines that are involved in this tournament, but the main goal for everybody is to want to be the champion. And the, the one main storyline would be for the title. You, in one instance, you could, you, like you said, you would have Ziggler and Cesaro at some point. They had gone through maybe one or two guys, then they meet in one of the rounds, and then it becomes a double disqualification or a time limit draw or a count out or what have you. And then the other side, you got the Shield having to face each other off in the tournament. And one of them hooks the tights and pins the other one and advances. And if you were to start, start the seeds of dissension for them for the breakup, you could do it in something like that during the tournament. I mean, hell, if you were to even go as far as to, like, having, you know, let's say Roman Reigns win the whole thing because he had beaten one of the guys in the Shield and then the other two turn on him in the finals of the tournament and cost him the shot at the title. I mean, there's all different kinds of things that, that you can you, – they've been doing stuff with Damian Sandow recently. Sandow could lose the first round of the match, you know, his first round match, and then maybe he just – he he puts himself in, in matches and gets himself involved just to disrupt the tournament because he's so upset. There's a lot of different things that could spawn off this tournament that I, that, that, that could potentially take place. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think it would be a great idea if they were to book a tournament that were to last for roughly almost three months. 
Can you? That's the other thing too. Can you sustain the audience's attention for three months on a storyline with a tournament and not having a champion for three months? That's the other thing that you have to look at too. So you have to you have to go about this very carefully. And here's another thing too that I that I thought of during all this. You know, there's been this talk about all the money that Vince McMahon lost in the stock market and and the stock dropped 43%, and he lost $350 million of his own personal stock in WWE. You know, every time something happens in WWE that, that doesn't look good for their bottom line financially, you know what they run to? They run to the John Cena factor. So I hate to be the one to be the bearer of bad news, but there could be a, a good possibility that whatever they do, whether it's a tournament or whether it's they pick a name out of a hat, there could be a strong possibility that they put the belt on John Cena because he's the face of the WWE, he brings them good publicity, and they've had nothing but bad publicity since their stock dropped last week and the announcement of their new television deal. So there's a lot of different possibilities that can go in this. I'm just hoping that whatever it is, if they strip him of the title, that it's all done in consistency of the storytelling and that it makes sense. That, that, I was going to say, wow, that that makes a lot of sense. But you know what? Maybe they're not going to run to the John Cena factor. Maybe they're going to run to Hulkamania, brother. Tomorrow night, or tomorrow night, uh, they'll be in London, I'm hearing. London's calling, I'm hearing, for Hulkster. I mean, it's interesting. There's so so many directions they could go in, and, you know, it's it's fun to talk about. That's crazy, isn't it? That Hulk Hogan's going to be in London. I hope he's not the reason why his stock went down. I, mean, I, I him because somebody, somebody made a funny thing the other night. I was, uh, one of my friends said, "Hey, you know, maybe they gave Hulk Hogan all that money now, and uh, and <laughs> he's the reason why they went bankrupt. Not bankrupt, but off a bit. Hulkamania. TNA. I'm, I'm thinking about TNA. Mike, thank you so much um, for the call. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Right. Have a great Memorial tomorrow, Day. Tomorrow is tomorrow's Macho Man Randy Savage Day, and today is Andre the Giant's birthday. Happy birthday to Andre the Giant, and tomorrow is Randy Savage Day. So wear your purple tomorrow. I'll be wearing mine. Great point. Thanks a lot, Mike. We'll talk right. to you soon. Oh, yeah. You got it. See you guys. And there you have it, Mike. Uh, some interesting stuff. I mean, it's funny because, like, we're, we're getting, you know, we go off on this tangent now and, like, we're all about the tournament. Like, there's a very good possibility this isn't even going to happen, but we're kind of sitting there getting a little bit excited of the prospect of uh, going a few months with, with the tournament. But, Dave, I think you brought up a really good point. I mean, he, they could go in a different direction, but you're right. The possibility of a vacated title and this, this stock uh, debacle in the WWE uh, – you know, John Cena is bankable. I know a lot of people hate to hear that, but, you know, let's let's call it what it is. We all like Daniel Bryan. Big fan of Daniel Bryan. But Daniel Bryan's a question mark. You know, whether he can be the man, whether he can be a bankable star, whether he can be someone who can go across different demographics and, and, and different media outlets and be accessible to the general public remains to be seen with Daniel Bryan. John Cena is, is tried and true. John Cena can do the talk show circuit. Uh, people know him out there. You know, people like him. He's a likable guy. He's an all-American looking guy. Um, does the WWE look at this and be like, hey, you know what? It's unfortunate for Daniel Bryan. He's he's injured. You know, do we look at a at a vehicle to get John Cena back into that title picture? Um, you know, we're we're 
creating an entire tournament here. Uh, to, we basically booked the summer for the WWE. Um, but, you know, realistic prediction, Dave, could be John Cena moving back into that title picture. He's a safe bet. I mean, like you said, tried and true. He does the talk show, talk show circuit. He's good publicity company with Make-A-Wish. He's been part of, you know, recently he was part of the Susan G. Komen race. It's good publicity if you have him involved um, uh, from, for a PR uh, movement uh, standpoint. Excuse me. So, yeah, there's a, there's a strong possibility that could take place. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. If, uh, like I said, strong possibility. I'm not going to bet on it. Um, I, I'm just kind of interested to see the, how they address this situation tonight. I know some people know spoilers. I really don't care to know. So if you're going to call in and think you're a hot shot and try and give us spoilers, don't do it, please. Um, I'd like to be surprised. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, we booked the whole summer practically. So, uh, I mean, th- there's other ideas that, that could make this work too as well, not necessarily a tournament, but if, I mean, w- one idea that kind of crossed my head, let's say they do get, let's say they do give John Cena the belt in some kind of tournament. And then they have Brock Lesnar take the title from him. And, you know, Lesnar, I mean, look, let's, let's, let's just listen for a minute, okay? This could be a pretty cool idea. Here's another idea that just popped in my head. What if Brock Lesnar won the title and then took the title, no, didn't win the title, they were going to announce a tournament, and because he, he does whatever he wants, he comes and goes whenever he wants. I mean, it's been in, written in storylines that Brock Lesnar has, like, an ironclad contract. He could do whatever he wants practically. What if he were to just take the title hostage? I'm leaving. When I decide to come back, I'll defend the title. And he's not the champion. And, and, and you, you have him disappear for a few months. And then he comes back, and you have somebody like a Daniel Bryan or like a John Cena trying to throw him of the title. You know, what if he were to just take the title? Like, you know what? I'm the real champion around here. I don't need to beat none of you because I conquered the streak. And he takes the belt, and he leaves, and he disappears. Dank, I know you're listening, and you like that disappearing theory. Okay? So I'm going to go with you on this one. But he would disappear for a little while. I mean, ultimately, it, it just seems, and, and it's a shame because, again, we, we like Daniel Bryan here, um, but the, the stripping of the title opens you up to a lot of interesting creative directions. The keeping Daniel Bryan with the title keeps you kind of in, in a bit of a stalemate, uh, and then, you know, storytelling can get a bit stagnated, so it... It's interesting. I mean, and again, I, I would want to see Daniel Bryan come back and, and win the title. Uh, and that would be great storytelling also, like his, his road to recovery. In fact, you know, it almost, you know, the vignettes of, of you know, him being stripped of the title then seeing him in the gym doing his rehab, saying he's going to come back to, to get what's rightfully his. I mean, there's just... I, I don't know, like creatively speaking, I, I just, if, if I was in creative, I, I think I'd want them to strip them of the belt because there's so many different directions and a lot of fun you can have creatively uh, with him being stripped of the title. Remains to be seen, Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. obviously, Daniel Bryan, to strip him of the belt or not, uh, that is the hotbed topic of this show, and we're going to go back out to the phones. Uh, call, are you, call, are you there? Got a 908 number Ken. on. Yes. Ken, it's Brian from New Jersey. How are you, pal? Doing all right. How are you doing? Good, good. I Just real quick, uh, I want to talk about Daniel Bryan, but as for a TNA note, myself and our boy Pat will be in uh, Lakewood, New Jersey in June for the show at the uh, Lakewood Blue Claws. 
Very cool. So, yeah, they're going to be out there, so we'll see. We can pack up, pack up tickets early, so we're hoping it's going to be somewhat decent. Uh, but, uh, you know, as of right now, it's still scheduled to be at the Lakewood Blue Claws in Lakewood uh, in June, so looking forward to that. Um, that, I, I tell you, following Lake's going to be tough, but I'll try to do my best. Um, you know, as far as Daniel Bryan, um, I definitely uh, think uh, he's probably going to be stripped of the title, and obviously the authority will have something to do with that. Um, but don't forget Randy Orton. Randy Orton is still out there. You know, he was never pinned to that title, so I wouldn't be surprised that they awarded him the uh, the title. I mean, uh, I don't know what you, your thoughts on that, guys. That's are. a very good point. Yeah, it's something that we didn't think of, but it is it is an excellent point. I mean, you know, we're talking about Daniel Bryan and his comeback uh, to basically take back what he never lost. Uh, there, there's Randy Orton sitting out there that technically, you know, he lost. He doesn't have a belt that he never really lost. Um, he was not pinned for that title. It's a uh, uh, again, so many different variables uh, if he were to be stripped of the title. That's an interesting point. I, I could see that as well. Yeah, I mean, tournament-wise, I don't know if, you know, everybody's speculating, but, uh, again, I, I think Randy, you know, she can come out and just award him the title and, and go from there. And, you know what, I, actually I'm kind of glad we won't see Brie hopefully for a little bit because that was a little time with her screaming and crying. And so hopefully that as Dan, Dan's out a little while, we don't have to see her crying uh, without him. So, uh hoping she's off air a little bit or out of the cane scenario for now. <laughs> yeah, she really did nothing to help Daniel Bryan at all. In fact, I really I thought it really took away from the storyline and from him. And, you know, you, you rooted all year, you know, to see him finally reach the top of the mountain. And then, you know, bringing his Bree into the mix, it just, I for me, it just wasn't working at all. I What I'm really curious about with Bree and, you know, Stephanie, I mean, she looks great. You know, supposedly she, she and her husband, obviously her husband, but are, are fitness fanatics. Um, do we see, to kind of keep that, you know, vibe going, Stephanie's issues with Daniel Bryan, do we see Stephanie perhaps uh, put the wrestling tights back on and get in the ring with uh, Brie uh, just to keep this storyline current? Uh, if they do, I hope Stephanie squashes it real quick because I don't think anybody really wants to see that. I personally don't really care for, for Bella, but if that has to happen, I hope it's a quick squash and we don't see her for a while. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, I think I'd, I'd hope for the same. <laughs> oh, but, uh, listen, you, you, guys, you guys have a great show, and I hope to call in again. I'll get on a little earlier so I can get on before Mike and uh, so that doesn't drag out. But great show, guys, and I'll, uh, I'll listen to you guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah, definitely give us a call. Take care. And, Ed, you know, that great point from Brian. Uh, I, I don't know. We we got so caught up in booking this whole tournament for the summer, didn't even think of, of Randy Orton. Uh, great point for, by him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was not pinned in the triple threat match. Batista was the one that tapped out. And, I mean, if, if for instance, they were to, you know, award Orton the title and hand him the title, it wouldn't be the first time that a championship has been handed to an individual. I mean, Triple H, when they when the brand extension first began in 2002, um, the WWE Championship, the undisputed title, went to both brands, Raw and SmackDown, until Eric Bischoff became the general manager of Raw, and the WWE title became exclusive to SmackDown, and he had to come up with a championship, and he brought back the defunct WCW World Heavyweight Championship, renamed it the World Heavyweight Championship, and then handed it to Triple H. 
Triple H didn't even win a match to earn the championship. So it, it, it would make it would draw a lot of heat, you know, in, in good ways and in bad ways. But it would set you up for, let's put it this way, a, a, an, an evolution breakup. I mean, if you think about it, Batista is probably due to leave soon to go promote his movie. And if, you know, he were to come back, it would set up, you know, a beef with him and Orton and Triple H. You know, hey, I leave and you hand Orton the title. He didn't deserve it. You know, you, you could, there's a lot of different ways. So that's a great point that he brought up about Orton because I completely forgot about that as I was, you know, playing fantasy booker. But it could, <laughs> it could, it could work. It could work handing Orton the title over again. It's been done before, so it's fun doing fantasy booking. I enjoy fantasy booking. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. You guys have been awesome tonight, bringing it, and we got Dank on the line. Dank, are you there? Hey, how you doing? Doing right. How you doing? Can you hear me? I can I'm hear you now. Good. Yeah. Okay. So make sure there was no more problems. Three times the charm. <laughs> First time I was asleep, second time I was universal with bad reception. I'm on my lunch break. No, no, there's no reason why I can't you can't hear me out. <laughs> nice. What do you got uh, for us? Well, um, I know it's a couple of weeks old now, and I posted it on well, um, when I went to TNA the last time. First of all, they set up very well for the pay-per-view coming out in June. It was a really good show. There was a lot of uh, a good pop, a lot of a good crowd. Again, I was very impressed with everything with the company. Um, I really wish that they could market it better and not be in the struggle that they are. It seems that if they got their ducks in a row, they could actually be a very good, solid company. You know, they'll never be the WWE, but at least not be this, you know, problem, financial or structural problem they're having. Anyway, um, I'm still at the point where I was sitting pretty much ringside and I had the pin saying, you know, my birthday and the whole thing with Jeff Hardy. This is a wrestler, you can ask Dave, that the Hardy boys were the one team, the one thing I look forward to every time I watched wrestling. You know, a couple of kids that I always looked up to, kind of like, Rey Mysterio, always known as like the underdogs, hero, you know, in, in to some aspect, you know, just one somebody like me always known as the underdog, and just the fact that he looked, he took the time to look and realize what I was wearing, to stop and high five and say happy birthday. You want to talk about a kid in the candy store? You want to talk about a kid that just like couldn't ask for anything better? You know, these wrestlers put their... And this was after the match, too. You know, he had just put his body on the line. You could see that he was in pain. And the fact that he still took the time, whether it was me or whether it was some eight-year-old kid, to just do that. It's like... It's one of those... You you know, whenever you think that they're always so much above you and they're at the same level, like your average Joe that wishes you a happy birthday, or, you know, it says, have a nice day, or just shakes your hand. And it felt good, you know, and I don't think there's going to be, or it's going to be a lot for me to have a wrestling experience that's going to top that. And, you know, I know he's out there, and, you know, he may he may or not, now he may or not be listening, but, you know, thank you, because it really meant a lot to me. 
But, I mean, do you guys have any experiences like that where you think you're just a face in the crowd, but that you get singled out to where you're like, oh, my God, you know, me of all people? Uh, it's funny. The, the only time I honestly had that happen where I was kind of singled out was early on in uh, Stone Cold's run up the ladder. Um you know, he was a heel, and they did an event in, in White Plains, New York, and we were just yelling, me and a couple friends yelling stuff at him, and for whatever reason, we caught his eye. So it wasn't, it wasn't an affectionate thing. He started pointing and yelling at us as we were yelling at him. I guess he was just looking for someone in the crowd to kind of get into it with, and he decided to get into it with us. I my supervisor uh, at the time was there sitting in like the upper deck and he said, I'm sitting there and I'm watching Stone Cold yelling at someone and I follow Stone Cold's sight line and there's Ken. <laughs> so that was the last time. How about you, Dave? You ever have a guy single you out? Um, yeah. If you remember, they did an angle with uh, Hogan the Earthquake took him out on the Brother Love show. I do remember that. No. Okay. Uh, anyhow, um, <laughs> what is going on? Dang, I, I feel like I'm I'm listening to Thriller. Sorry. Are you still there, Dang? Some, somebody walked. Yeah, I'm no, I'm here. Somebody walked into the break room. Oh, Okay. So as I was saying, Hogan. So as I was saying, Hogan, they took him off TV, and they had a card that came to uh, to, to Hartford, my show or my town, and uh, the main event was Earthquake and Dino Bravo, who were the ones that took out Hulk Hogan on the Brother Love Show, against Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Tugboat, and that was the main event. It was like it was it was announced as like the Get Well Soon Hulkamania in honor of Hulk Hogan show because. You know, when I was younger, I didn't think he was going to come back after that. I, I thought it was it. It was over. So I had a sign that had said, Get Well Soon Hulk. And I drew a picture of Hogan. I had markers and crayons. And I drew a little picture of Tugboat. And I drew a picture of Hacksaw. And I remember at the end of the match, I forget who won. I think Duggan and Tugboat won. At the end of the match, they pointed to me. Duggan gave me the thumb with the hoe. And then Tugboat pointed to the sign and then gave me the toot-toot with the, you know, the the, the, whatever he did for his gimmick at the time, and I thought that I looked at my grandpa. I was like, "Oh my god, he just that was like the coolest thing in the world." And we were like dead center, by about like eight rows, right in the middle near the ring. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. That was the only time for me that were personally I was singled out at an event like that. Good stuff. Stroll down memory lane as Dank. Uh, fun stuff to talk about as Dank gets us off topic, but still fun stuff to talk about. <laughs> WWE title. Uh, what direction do you think they should go in? Let's go back out to the phones because we got Anthony on the line. Anthony, are you there? I'm here. What's going on, guys? Not much. How are you doing? What do you got? What do you think the WWE should do about this? I think uh, I think they should definitely strip them because I think it's too too much of a time frame to kind of do what they did uh, previously with Punk, like you brought up before. I think I think the interest level. If you don't have a champion, it's kind of tough. You know, people are kind of annoyed by it when they have the whole 
stripping of Daniel Bryan last time with the alleged fast count and things like that. But uh, I do like the title idea, but I don't think they're going to go that way. And I think they may actually, now this is just me speaking out, you know, something I came up with in my head, I guess could be different. Uh, I think they may use the opportunity to split the titles back up. They haven't gone strictly to one belt. They have the guy carrying two belts, which I don't, I don't know why it bothers me, but the kind of look of it, like I think if you're like the champion, you should have like that one belt. They're, it kind of annoys me, that whole boxing thing where, you know, Floyd Mayweather has to have, you know, you know, Justin Bieber and 12 other people carrying his 14 championship belts. But um, I think they should split them up and kind of go back to kind of what they were doing around Money of the Bank last year where they had, kind of had the up-and-coming guys have a Money in the Bank match for for the uh, for their championship. And then they kind of had, like, you know, the old, you know, Wiley veteran tied for the WWE title. I think they, they could go back in that direction, but maybe mix mix in, you know, Reigns in one of them and maybe Bray Wyatt in the other or, you know, get guys like Bad News Barrett who, you know, as you know, at the pay-per-view got a huge pop, get him involved, yeah. you know, uh, Sheamus, guys like that. I think you can involve a lot more guys and actually get through it quicker without having a tournament that lasts the whole summer where you could kind of have them all settled and, you know, kind of go in that direction. And then, you know, you could even use it as something for when Daniel Bryan comes back, he vows to reunify the title or something, you know? And, that, and another interesting point, which is why, you know, I think stripping him of the title really opens you up to a lot of creative ideas. I agree with you. I hate, you know, I hate the, the two belts. And I think most of the time, you know, I mean, Orton looked awkward. I thought Daniel Bryant looked awkward. Uh, I would rather one belt. And I've always thought that the reason why they continued to have two belts and we didn't get one definitive championship belt is because down the road a piece, they are intending on splitting these two belts up again. Um, could this be uh, the catalyst to uh, split the two belts up and uh, do something creative uh, with the two belts? Personally, I'd rather see uh, one definitive champion, but uh, yeah, you know, if they decide to split it, that's another creative direction that they can go in. I mean, it, it's interesting because I actually, someone said that to me once where I said I hate the two belts, and they were like, well, it's like boxing. Boxers have you know, multiple title belts, and I was like, but that's not, that's one of the things I hate about boxing, that there's yeah, just yeah, so many no, belts, no. can't track of it all, so, but, you know, Dave, I mean, interesting point by Anthony, do, do they split the two belts up now? I don't think they split the two belts, I mean, I don't see, I mean, I, I, like, I like the one belt, and the reason why is because now it gives the mid-card titles at some point, if they ever care to do it. More important, like, I mean, Sheamus, let's, he's put just a tad bit more credibility into the United States Championship because all the stuff that he's done, as opposed to what Dean Ambrose did with that title for the over-year course that he had the championship. So I think over time, if they focus on that, having one champion and having more people and even higher-card wrestlers go after the mid-card titles will make those championships seem as important than the, than the main title, the heavyweight championship. And I think another reason why they didn't get a new championship belt and kept the two titles was because they just reintroduced a, champion, a new belt last year for the WWE title. So I, I think that's why they haven't gone and done a new belt because, they're, I mean, they 
part of the reason why they didn't get rid of the spinner belt years ago because it made money. They sold like a million, of, like millions of those things. So they sell those belts. The newer, you know, the new one with the logo, they cost you know a pretty penny, but they sell the belt. So I think that's why they still keep that belt because it makes money, you know, on on their website or wherever they sell it. But um, I could I could see the I, I like Anthony's idea with the money in the bank concept, and I, I loved I loved the money in the bank pay per view last year. I thought it was great. I think if they, in, you know, this is my bias, so I think if they did do a tournament. And they somehow incorporated the money in the bank. What if they had somebody that you didn't think was ever going to win the title, win the title in the finals of the tournament, and then one of those money in the bank winners cashes in on the champion? I mean, you, you could go for a lot of exciting drama, roller coaster ride kind of WWE television with the possibilities of stripping Daniel Bryan of the title. Oh, again, I mean, I think that the theme of tonight is, again, there's a lot of creativity they can go in, uh, which opens a lot of doors if they strip them of the title. Remains to be seen what exactly they're going to do going forward, but uh, interesting stuff. Tony, th- uh, thanks for the call, and uh, thanks, talk to you, talk talk to you talk in two you weeks. Have a good Memorial Day. Two weeks, yep, you too. Take care, guys. Bye, brother. I'm telling you, you know, it, it's funny because we, we keep throwing on ideas, and we, we throw on the tournament idea and everything, but now we're having... Uh, you know, money in the bank ideas and splitting the belts and giving it to Orton. I mean, there's, it's just, it's pretty incredible when you look at the potential of, of stripping them. And it's interesting that the people now that are calling our show, it, it seems like everyone, creatively speaking, they like Daniel Bryant, but it seems like people are, are more in favor of him being stripped of the belt. Well, yeah, you can't have, I mean, how are you going to keep him champion and make you know the, it believable? Depending on how long he's going to be gone, three, four months at the most. You know, I mean, the num- you know, the, it's all speculation how long he's going to be out. But you can't have him be the champion and not defend the title. And then, like you said, the storytelling has got to be consistent, especially with what Stephanie had told Brian in the in the, in the backstage area before the match with Del Rio. I mean, you know, it it, it it's the logical. It's a lot. It's a logical thing to do is to is to strip him of the title, and it makes the story better that when he comes back, the the guy who never lost the belt in the first place fights to get the championship back, returning from neck surgery. The ultimate underdog, Daniel Bryan. Story writes itself. Thank you. Have a nice night. <laughs> We're gonna go back out to the phones because you guys have been awesome tonight. We're going out to Connecticut. Caller, are you there? You got a two zero three eight eight. Are you there, caller? Hello. 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 Ken. Yes, who we got? Then? Who we got? Yes. Mr. Trivia. Hey, Mr. Trivia, how you doing? Good. Yourself? Doing all right. What are your thoughts on Daniel Bryan well, and potentially? Good. As usual, as usual, I got to give it to you guys, Dave. Everything else, you guys, are, Dave, you came up with an awesome idea about that tournament. I agree with you 100. percent um, this thing with Daniel Bryan. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I, I know that they do a lot of house shows and, and everything else, but isn't this similar to a Dean Ambrose? I mean, when was the last time, before he lost the title, when was the last time Dean Ambrose defended the U.S. title and they didn't strip him of it? Now, I know the U.S. title doesn't have as much credibility as the WWE title, world title, and everything, but isn't it like almost a similar situation? It, I mean, it, it is. can be seen as... Go ahead, Dave. 
it, it can be seen as that, but at the same time, for the majority of his run as the United States champion, Dean Ambrose was a heel, and he was under the, the tutelage of the authority. You know, Hunter has said it in numerous pro, uh, promos recently that he's, he's protected the shield over the past, you know, year and a half, two years. And Ambrose had the belt for over for just about a year. So, I mean, you could make the argument that, yeah, he didn't defend the title as often, but they could also back it up by saying, well, Ambrose defended the title in Salt Lake City against Kofi Kingston Saturday night. And Sunday night, he defended the title against R-Truth in you know, Omaha, Nebraska. You know, come up with it. They write the stories. They're the ones that, that, that come up with these explanations. They can figure a way out of it. They have always have. They've always gotten around loopholes. I mean, we, you know, the Royal Rumble used to be a guy hit the floor and he was out. Now it's the guy's both feet kind of hit the floor. I mean, there's, there's always a way to get around it, especially in wrestling, because at the end of the day, the fans want some finality. They want a, they, they want a result, whether it's a win, a loss, or a, a decision to be made. And I think, it, yes, it, it is similar in some cases, but in other cases it's not. Yeah, okay, good, Glenn. Thank you for clarifying that for me. Dave, like I said, also I I echo the same uh, the same uh, sentiments as Tony. Happy birthday to your mom. Um, also, guys, uh, wouldn't it also, like, tarnish the WWE if you just hand it over to Randy Orton? I mean, I understand Randy Orton is a legitimate, viable superstar, multiple-time champion, but, like, years ago I was watching something on YouTube where – Vince McMahon was going to hand over the title to Kurt Angle when Ric Flair came out as part of the consortium. Now, Ric Flair, you know, um, Kurt Angle, good good wrestler, excellent, uh, by far definitely Hall of Famer, Olympic champion, everything. But wouldn't that, like, tarnish the history of the WWE title if we just give the guy the championship? The tournament is definitely the best way to go. I, you know, I, I I agree. I mean, I think we're kind of biased right here that the tournament would be the best way to go. But I, I don't think it necessarily tarnishes, uh, only because I think it will garner a, a ton of heat. Uh, it would work well. It's something that, you know, the authority would do. And it would be a, a, a transitional type. I mean, it, it would definitely, you know, I don't, I don't think they'd be giving it over to Randy for him to have, you know, a year-long run. It would be a transitional thing. But I do agree. I personally... Uh, if, if I had my if I was a decision maker, I would go in the direction of the tournament. I think it's a better idea. Yeah, and for the finals of the tournament, I don't know what you guys would think about this. Uh, if you can give me a little uh, opinion on it, but I think I would love to see the finals of the tournament: Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. I, I can't say that I would mind seeing those two guys hook up at all. I think that could be a very interesting matchup. Dave, your opinion on that? Agreed. I, I think that would be a good. That, I think that would be a good finals for the tournament, and it could set something up um, with 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 Reigns getting the rub, working with Lesnar, and eventually when Brian does return, he's got a target in mind to go after for the championship. Yeah. Hey guys, one quick point too is uh, CM Punk all done with WWE? Anything? Any, any uh, speculation or uh, anything on that? I don't know. I mean, I until I until I hear otherwise, I think he's he's done. I mean, it's not to say that down the road a piece uh, we won't see him back in the WWE ring, but I, uh, I I think he's he right now for the foreseeable future he's done, and um, you know people should stop chanting his name and just he'll he'll probably be around at some point in the future, but I, I think he's everything I've read. It's he's at peace. 
uh, doing his own thing right now, and, and I don't think we'll see him for quite some time. Mr. Trudy, thanks a lot for the phone call, and uh, right, have a guys. great Memorial Day, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. All right, yeah, you too, guys. Take care. Take, care. Take it easy. And, you know, you guys were awesome tonight, a lot of great calls, and uh, wanted to get you all in. And we, got, we literally have two minutes left. Um, our segment, What You're Watching on the WWE Network, and quickly, I just wanted to bring this up tonight, Dave, because – I actually watched WrestleMania Rewind, uh, WrestleMania 4, and as we were talking all about the tournament, I watched that WrestleMania Rewind, loved that WrestleMania. Anyone who hates on the tournaments, uh, you know, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed watching uh, the history and the backstories again, and, uh, you know, people forget, I mean, Daniel Bryan wins two matches at a WrestleMania, while well, Randy Orton won four, so that was... Uh, what I watched this week, in addition to, of course, the Legends House. What did you catch this week? Legends House, I watched uh, NXT to determine a number one contender for the NXT title with Tyson Kidd, Sami Zayn, and Tyler Breeze. I thought it was a phenomenal match. And I watched uh, WWE's Beach Blast, 1992. Uh, Rick Rude and Ricky the Dragon Boat in a 30-minute Iron Man match. It was awesome. It's just, you just... Get enough of the network. It's it's just awesome, and it's funny, you know, how things transpired tonight after just watching that rewind and, and catching that that tournament again. And uh, you know, it's it it was great watching again. And I just it's sad that uh, Randy's not here. Would love to get his uh, backstory and hear him talking about uh, that night. But a very cool WrestleMania rewind. Very cool series that WrestleMania rewind is. Thank you all for, for tuning in tonight. It was really a great show. You guys really brought it. Uh, obviously, the Stang O'Brien issue is far from over, and we'll see what happens tonight on Monday Night Raw. Special thanks to Bill Apter for giving us a few minutes and giving his take on things. Remember, we won't be here next week. Everyone have a great and safe Memorial Day. Enjoy yourselves. Dave, have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll see. We'll be able to talk in two weeks. For Dave, I am Ken Reedy. Thank you all for tuning in. Take care. Enjoy Raw. Good night, everybody.